Hey, welcome back. Yes, welcome back after a year hiatus to the Second Place Second Podcast, where we are crazy passionate about inspiring and empowering you to pursue putting Jesus home and others first. We know that your life can change, We that you belong, and most of all, your story matters. If you are new with us, we release a new second podcast every week. And if this is helpful to you, we would love if you would share the podcast with your friends and invite them to be a part of the Second Place community. You could even rate it or review it because that's super helpful to give us more visibility. If you'd like more information, you can go to secondplacechurch.com. That site will open you up to everything happening at Second Place. My name is Joe Desenzo, and I'm here with AP Palak. Let's get into it, man. It's been a year. It what? Has, it has been a year, and I also find it hilarious that people still don't know how to pronounce my last name, but it's totally cool. Like, is it Palak? No, it's it's Palak with with an O, did, like the, like the paint, like Jackson Palak, like the painter. Did I say Palak? Yeah. Did I? I said it wrong. Yeah. Like uh, everyone does, but it's cool. But like, Pollock. because the way that it's spelled, I don't really think it's possible for anyone to say it properly. It's basically you're saying potluck with marbles in your mouth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Which Pollock. L- l- let's, Pollock. Let's Are you going be to the Pollock? Well, that's the funny thing. Like, it always is a Pollock potluck because of the fact that my dad has nine siblings. So, like, when my family gets together for Thanksgiving, there's probably going to be 90 people there. Well, that now could that be like my cousins are procreating. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So the the fam jam is getting larger. Yeah. So Got yeah, you, like like Joe said, it's been a, it's been about a year. I, I was looking at it uh, on iTunes. The last podcast that was released for Second Place Church was the first week of October of 2017. So sorry about the hiatus, everyone. Uh, life got busy and crazy busy, and a lot of stuff has changed. And uh, Joe and I were briefly discussing it before the podcast, and. As he pointed out, my life has kind of been a um, country song in reverse. Yes, which like, is so good. Yeah, it, it really is good. Uh, I think I mentioned it on the podcast last year. Uh, I have a girlfriend. She's absolutely amazing in every single way, um, which is quite the opposite of, we were, of what we were discussing on the podcast with me, you know, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, uh, I moved. I have a new uh, townhome. In, uh, in Tinley Park, which uh, we'll discuss a little bit more later. I have my dream car. It's, say, 2013 WRX. This one's not totaled, like the O2 that I had. Thank God. Um, I, unlike most country songs, I've I've never beat women, so that's that's good. Not, yeah. uh, not, not planning on care doing of them. that. Yeah, yeah, but you're taking care of one now. That's yes, good. exactly. She's amazing. She has a driveway. And you're sober. Uh, yes. You're sober. Been That's sober good. the whole time. Never, yeah. <laughs> uh, never gotten to drinking heavily or doing drugs. Never gotten any this of the opioids. And uh, we've good kind of you. changed the format of the podcast a little bit. Uh, driving around everywhere and setting up and tearing down, it's getting exhausting. So what's cool is that uh, Joe and I both now have home studios that we're going to be recording out of via Skype. It makes it a lot easier to meet up with people. And uh, I guess with that... Virtu- virtually meet up with people. Yes, 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 exactly. Virtually meet up with people. So Joe has a sweet microphone and some sweet headphones, and we're discussing these things via Skype now, which makes it even easier to meet up with other people. Uh, so if you want to be on the podcast, let one of us know. We can do this via Skype. I don't have to drive anywhere. It's wonderful. I just go home and we start talking about stuff. You're cozy. You're in your pajamas. That's what's going on. Well, actually, I'm in my work clothes, but pajamas would be would be great. Thank God That'll happen. people can't see me. Um, That's true. Big things that have changed in the past year, though. Second place, uh, we have what, something discovery, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. nice. We have Natural a child discovery. care center. Natural discovery early learning center is what it's called. It is officially open, and we are so excited about that. So we're currently taking enrollment, and uh, actually, the kids went to a farm today. Really. Oh, yeah. So wait, like it's it's already legit opening. You're already doing stuff. Yes, it's oh. legit open. It's Dude. legit open, and uh, the kids went to a farm about probably a mile from the church, and super awesome. We'll do a plug for them. Gorman Farms. They are super great. They're in Moni. Um, during the Christmas season, they have tons of Christmas trees. Where the, the definitely the place to be for that. 
But they are so cool. They're like, yeah, bring the kids over. We'll do a little field trip. We'll teach them about how we uh, plant our, our crops and stuff. And we can even let them pick potatoes and they can bring potatoes back and have those for lunch. And so that's what they did. And they got to pick potatoes and um, were able to clean those back at the church and, and make some make some mashed potatoes with that. So it was awesome. So, yeah, we're we're super excited. At some point here down the road, we'll do a maybe a special episode where – we can listen in on Rachel and Sarah talk about the unique aspects of natural discovery. It's a very cool approach to learning. Um, bottom line is it's very experiential. Kids will learn their ABCs and one, two, threes, but are they going to learn to problem solve? And so awesome. problem, problem solving socially, um, being able to work as a team, being able to work together, being able to participate, pay attention, that kind of stuff, um, and really discover awesome things through experiences is what it's all about and it's all natural the playground no plastic gotta like that so yeah that's a big change that I, we've been I working on they for were last trying year. to go to plastic playgrounds is that like out of date now already that's hey. i mean in terms of being you know natural discovery yeah it's it's really about texture and about being able to dig into the dirt and climb a Dude, hill. Getting, so. this, getting splinters like the good old days and like yes. burning yourself on metal slides that were 18 feet tall. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't have any, we don't have a metal slide, but we do have a hill with a tunnel through it and we have a slide coming off that hill. It's a plastic slide, so you won't, you won't, you know, burn yourself in the sun. But um, yeah, it's super great. I guess so cool. that's probably the, one of the biggest things um, that has changed in the last year. So it's super great. We're excited about that. Nice. That's really exciting. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. I know that, that was a uh, long time coming, and uh, I learned something new about it. Uh, when DCFS comes in and says, you need to have actual floors, not concrete, you get actual floors. Floors I, and I was, yeah. I, I don't know. I was just really surprised by that. The fact that, like, they, they know what we're in, and they're like, no, 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 you need floors. Yeah. O okay. Yeah. That's cool. I, I guess, guess. It's, it's just something to do with kids falling on concrete that they don't like. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I even it, even with the laminate floors that we got, it, it's a it's a little bit softer. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got but, you. Yeah, but we we've worked through with our friends at DCFS. We've gotten through everything, and yeah, it's amazing. I'd never thought that I'd hear the words "friends" and DCFS in the same <laughs> sentence, but that's good. I'm glad. <laughs> Everyone's our friend. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I, and I got to say, uh, now that we have the world's biggest Amazon plant across the street, I hope that we make lots of friends there. And yeah, you know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm just, you know, I've seen a lot of uh, movement in in churches in the in the Chicagoland area of people just like going from church to church and churches growing from people leaving other churches. I'm just really hoping that this is an amazing gateway for, to bring new people to Christ, which is you know exactly yeah. the whole entire point of yeah. the, of what? church. Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking to somebody yesterday about it, and he was kind of saying, you know, we have a lot of um, young, we have a younger crowd that comes out, which is, we love that. And we also love every generation. You know, our goal and our mm -hmm. mission is that every generation would find their way back to God. Uh, but he was kind of making some observations. He says, oh, you're starting a child care center, so you must have a lot of families that come here as well. And I said, yeah, we have a lot of families, but you know what? We didn't really start the child care for the families that are here, although they're welcome to come. But we really started the child care center as an outreach and as a blessing to the community. And hopefully we would be able to increase our influence um, and God can increase his influence in the community and we can reach people that we're not reaching. Yeah. So I've heard it said, you know, you've got in order to reach people you're not reaching, you have to do things that you're not doing. And I think that that is this is an example of that. So we already have, um, we've already had people who did not know that we were there in Moni come by and be like, wow, you have a really nice childcare here. We're going to definitely enroll and we're going to enroll today. And it's like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm genuinely happy, happy to hear that. And I, you know, I, I know that like we do have the difficulty of like we meet in a warehouse and everything. Like who's expecting to see this in a, in a warehouse so getting right. getting our name out there really is extremely important because of the fact that we're not just trying to get like we're not trying to promote second place we're trying to promote jesus yeah in all exactly this. yeah absolutely and and it's fun because when people first walk in they're they're kind of like oh it looks kind of like a little like a warehouse and then they walk in like oh yeah okay oh this is this isn't a warehouse is, at all actually this is just actually kidding. not a 
this is not at all what I was expecting to see when I walked in, but cool. So yeah. 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 I mean, we're hoping to make uh, God famous in the area as much as we can and, and reach as many people for him as we can. So yeah, yeah, it's exciting stuff. One thing I definitely want to highlight is, uh, is the miracle of the fact that we're actually doing this podcast right now, because I think me and you are probably the most busy human beings on the face of the planet. And like, I'm so guilty of it. I've told my, my counselor, like, I'm so I am so busy and I need to stop doing that to myself because as my girlfriend pointed out, I don't thrive on chaos. I survive on chaos and I need to figure out how to start thriving. But yeah. part of that is doing things that I absolutely love, like podcasts and talking to people and spending time with people. Um just like just kind of Well, let, let, let's go ahead and do what are you into right now? And, All right, let's do and it. part of that is to show like how unbelievably busy we are. So let's hear. I do have a girlfriend. Thank God. She, she's amazing. And, and, you know, it's funny. My count, my counselor said to me, um, make a list of everything that you want in a significant other. And so I did that. And then like, I was, I went through the list after I met my girlfriend and I'm like, Oh, well, thank you. God I literally checked everything off of the list. Um, so yeah, Amazing. I have a girlfriend. I'm still trying to have a social life, seeing friends and everything. I I'd say I'm actually trying to do a better job of having a relationship with with my family because I really do love them. I'm trying to have a relationship with her family, uh, even with all their ups and downs. Um, I do have a full time job, um, which is I've been working overtime at because we've been so unbelievably busy. I teach a class at Wheaton College on Tuesday evenings. Um. You're insane. That, that's that's sucking up a lot of time, and and then on top of that, um, due to the fact that I just didn't have enough going on, I got to the point of where I'm like, I don't like the condition of of this townhouse that I bought, which it wasn't terrible, but it definitely wasn't like nice. The previous owner literally didn't own a vacuum. The, the carpet's disgusting. They didn't know how to paint walls. They didn't know how to level stuff out. The trim and doors were the original ones from when it was built in the '70s. So I'm actually that- remodeling my house right now. And I'm not paying so someone to do it. I'm overrated. doing it myself. Yeah. That vacuuming is so overrated. I mean, it, I, I don't know about that, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, it's good for you, man. That is a lot that you're into yeah. right now. So basically, what I'm trying to say is I'm really hoping that December 18th comes soon and uh, I can get back to a somewhat normal way of life. But actually, uh, the what is it? I'm, ho- I'm really looking forward to November 16th. Because my friends uh, Brandon and Katie are getting married, so we're going to California for their wedding and everything. Nice. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Very cool. So I, I don't it. have anything going on. Joe, what are you into? Man, I'm going to keep mine simple. I am into Lewis and Clark. I okay. am. Yeah, right? You're like, what? Um, Go on. No, just just I, I decided, I don't know what it was, a little while ago, probably – several months ago that I was just going to pick up a 500 page book about Lewis and Clark and read it. And, um, yeah, I am like within 50 now, pages. Th- of they're the done. ones who started exploring the, like the West part of America, right? Yep. Yep. Before they, uh, went West, we didn't really know what was out there. Uh, Thomas Jefferson commissioned yeah. the, the trip and he thought there were mammoths out there. He thought there was a large vo- volcano out there. Um, he thought, there is a the biggest thing he thought was that there was a single waterway route from the Atlantic to the Pacific Ocean, and what they found is that there is not. There is instead not, there was a big stone wall called the Rocky Mountains exactly, and a desert. Exactly, <laughs> and and they figured that out pretty quick when they hit those. Um, it's not. I mean. Man, it, it's been a rough read. I'll, I'll be honest. It's written by a historian. It's supposedly like the the quintessential book on them, and a lot of uh, a lot of interesting stuff. But a lot of stuff that you're you're reading actually some some excerpts from their actual journals. And back then there was there really wasn't anything. There weren't a lot of rules about spelling, so they would spell things, and you're like, wait, I I got to reread that. 10 times and see what they're trying to say I, there. I would go nuts in reading that because I have traits of dyslexia. That, that Yeah, yeah, you're not going to you're not going to be okay with that one. Yeah. But um but it's very interesting just the way it's it's sort of a sad story. Um I'm kind of getting towards the end uh you know just all the Native American stuff that you know it's all kind of started with those guys kind of you know meeting them and you know we all know the story of how that went but um but yeah, I mean 
right now I'm to the point where they're back uh, all the way back from the trip and Lewis is just trying to get his journals published and you know, it's a big deal. Now, now something but, that I'm actually wondering, just because like I don't remember from all the history classes that I took back in high school and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So July 4th, 1776, we, we signed the Declaration of Independence. When exactly did Lewis and Clark start on this mission to start exploring the West? 1804, 1803, somewhere in there. So I America that was they... super young when they started on this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And um, yeah, it's kind of weird stuff that you learn that it was an actual army mission um oh lewis was were they they enlisted yep lewis was a captain in the army um clark was uh i forget he was right below a captain Hmm. um that was a big contention um was that lewis wanted clark to be the same as him but the army never gave him that rank um and all the guys i think most of the guys were part of that but they were the the um, core of discovery was the name of their group. They had about 31, 32 guys that went out there. And once they left St. Louis, they were, it's the only army mission ever like this, where they were completely out of communication with their superior commander for the entire mission. So they had to make every decision. They had to make every call based on what they thought was the right thing to do. They could not get any, input from anyone else, you know, in their, um, direct upline to, um, their superiors. So, um, that's the first and the last, um, I think mission that really of the army that ever, that ever did that. Hmm. Um, because obviously now we have lots of ways to communicate with people, but, um, and they, yeah, I mean, Sacagawea was with them and, you know, just crazy stuff that happened along the way. Um, Funny enough, they really didn't get into too many brawls with Native Americans until on the way back they they ran into some some guys. And by that time, they were just kind of fed up with all their stuff being stolen all the time. And, you know, they just kind of got into a scuffle. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's crazy. The other book I'm into is a throwback is uh, is on the spiritual side, The Prayer of Jabez, hmm. which I, I've listened to a couple of times, which I think is just kind of a cool – story about increasing just asking god for the blessings that he has for you and seeing him expand the territory that you're able to um claim for him and again to make him famous and so i don't know i don't know what made me start reading it but i started and um i've read it through a couple of times over the last few weeks and it's just kind of cool as we're seeing things happen with the child care center it kind of rings true right now as we're expanding our our territory a little bit with that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we've got so much going on. We've got lots of fun stuff coming up with the church. We're always got things happening. Um, always noodling through how to, how to bring the word every weekend. Um, I've got four kids, a wife, a dog, three goldfish. It all keeps me busy. So your goldfish are huge, man. (laughs) They are, they could feed a family of six. They They could. could Yeah. They're, they're intense, man. They really are. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I hadn't read a book in a while, and I was actually recommended a book called The Business of the 21st Century because um, I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of sick and tired of having a boss, and uh, one of these days I would like to start my own business, and I was kind of learning the four different uh, quadrants of, um, of employment, we'll say, and uh, okay. the, the left side is when you're an employee working for someone and the right – or even uh, self-employed. Uh, but it's still like a very active form of income. Whereas uh, when you get to the right side, it's more passive business ownership and entrepreneurship and kind of learning the, the concept of uh, what passive income looks like and uh, what learning what, like the definition of what an a- actual like asset versus liability is. Like he was explaining in the book, um, your house is actually more of a liability than it is an asset because of the fact that you're paying for it. An asset is something that, you're making money off of it might not be a lot of money but you're still making money off of it Makes for sense. instance rental property stuff like that so yep, yep. i don't know i actually learned a lot from the book uh surprisingly i sat down and read it in one evening in a couple of hours um it was really good and uh i don't know i got a lot out of it so i kind of another enjoyed good, that another good book like that is the four hour work week by tim ferris that's an interesting one i yeah. have never experienced the four hour work week 
But you uh, experienced the 85-hour work week on a regular basis, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I feel that pain. But um, should we dive into this week, man? I mean, we ramble, we we yeah. we ramble. But let's talk about this past week's um, message. Yeah. Well, pa- past couple weeks. I, yeah, I, I would say. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we give, had this is back to look, on. Look forward to. Mm-hmm. This is your well, message is... that you gave on October 21st. Getting after it. Yes. So this message was, I'll tee it up and then maybe give some of your thoughts on what stood out to you. This was about trust versus suspicion. It was based mm-hmm. on loosely on a, a talk by Andy Stanley, which you can find on YouTube called Trust versus Suspicion. And um, really just about the fact that if we're going to create oneness, if we're going to create unity in our in our communities, what we have to do is when we interact with each other and we have an expectation of what's going to happen and someone does not meet that expectation, there's a gap between what we thought was going to happen and what real, really happened or reality. We can fill that gap with suspicion, which are things like this person is lazy this person is is not a good worker this person is not a good friend this person is doesn't like me this person is um, a jerk this person hates me those are all suspicious things um, and then on the other side is trust where you say you know what I trust this person there's got to be a good reason why this didn't happen and I'm gonna fill that gap with trust and then I'm gonna have a conversation and see what what really happened um, it's kind of like when we were going to do this podcast last Friday and you're like, hey, 530 is cool, right? And then I ghosted you for the entire day. <laughs> yeah, you, and you then, texted me at 9 a.m. the next morning. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but that whole time we're like, are we on for tonight? I don't even know. Like, I was just where, working at my house Joe? all night and I'm like, where's where's Joe? Where, and where's, it got yeah. to be like 10 p.m. and I'm like, I guess I'll eat dinner and go to bed. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> But I think in that example is perfect example of, um, you know, I really appreciate the grace you gave me the next morning where I was like, man, I lost it. We were getting ready for an event on Friday and it, it was a 15 hour day and yeah. I just completely lost track of that and didn't respond. And, uh, you know, like, Hey man, I get it. You know, that's what you said. And I think that grace is really where I was like, okay, you know, this is exactly what we're talking about. You know, instead of going like, man, I mean, there's times that I'm a jerk, but that wasn't one of them. It's just, yeah, it's like a lot going on. So I think the point there being is that a lot of times when we don't experience what we expect, there's lots of reasons why. And I think when we fill in the gap with what we think the reasons are, a lot of times those are really, really negative. And we, we go down roads that aren't real and a, ends up causing more damage in relationships than anything else. And I think the enemy, I think the devil works in that uh, a ton to get us suspicious. So that's kind of like the, the groundwork for the talk. Um, and then I kind of ended in a little different spot, which we'll talk about in a minute. But what was your takeaway? What were your thoughts, JP? I'm always anxious to hear what someone else on the other side of the, the room, how they feel about it. Yeah, I, I had a lot of mixed feelings, and, and I kind of say that in a good way, because um, like one of my mottos in life, I say it kind of sarcastically, but one of my mottos in life is aim low, you'll never be disappointed. Like you can't you can't shatter expectations when you don't have any. Am I right? True. Um, but like like I say that kind of sarcastically because it's a very pessimistic view on life, and like I know that I'm the eternal pessimist. And I'm trying to work on that, I promise. But I think the like the, the big thing, the two big things that popped into my head while you're giving that message is one, like you're talking about like shattered expectations, and um, you know, we actually shattered, we actually shattered glasses. Yeah, actually, that was actually the first thing that um, I put in my uh, in my notes when you were giving the message is Joe likes breaking stuff. So <laughs> That's um, true. the first big thing that popped into my head when you were giving this message is. Um, Shattered expectations. Like, God is a good, good father, and it's that simple. God is good, and maybe not to the not by the definition of what we understand to be good in, in the modern context, but a definition that God gave as to what good actually is. Like, I don't really think that we'll ever understand that here on earth, but we will finally understand it, you know, on the other side when, when we are in eternity with Christ. Yeah. But... Because of that, it, it created a it creates an expectation in my head of like, 
God is a good, good father. Well, that means that like a father here on earth should be a good, good father. And you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's incredible. Like my dad and I have never really had a good relationship. Don't get me wrong. I love him. And I always have that expectation in my head of like, no, you, you're my dad. Like you'll come through and then like, I'll go to him with something or try to spend time with him and he doesn't come through. It's, it's just, it's really weird of how, I don't, you know, God's not setting me up for failure in that area, but because of my relationship with God, I do kind of expect more out of my dad because I have this biblical view of what an earthly father is, and then I just keep getting let down, and then that's where the next thought comes in of, like, I put this expectation in there of my dad to be a dad based on what the Bible says, because my dad is a Christian. He goes to church every week. Um you know, he has his areas that he struggles very heavily. And don't get me wrong, I really do love my dad. But then, like, it get you know, it, it kind of, I think the part that, that I begin to struggle with is, like you said, like, there's this gap. And when we put trust in that gap, that's where good things can start happening. But, you know, I, I'm not trying to twist any, any words or anything. I struggle with. I do put trust in that gap because of the fact that he is my dad. And then he just repeatedly lets me down every single time I go to him with anything. Absolutely any, any anything. And so, like, I'm just trying to navigate, like, is it is it uh, displaced trust that, that I'm putting in there? Or is it, or maybe I'm putting too much trust there and it's an unreal ex- expectation. And, you know, maybe I need to put more trust in myself and start ministering to him you know, maybe that type of a thing, but you know, it's, it created a lot of complicated feelings in me is the point. Yeah. Well, that's actually good. I think that's the work that you need to be doing. I think to ignore that would be the wrong thing. And I think for me, if, if I'm, as I listen to you, you know, when your dad, when anybody lets us down, I think what we have to do is aside from someone that's just downright evil, someone who's just downright mean spirited, you know, there's people that uh, are just, there's a lot of reasons why. So there's a lot of reasons why they let us down. And I think to acknowledge that is freeing to say, this isn't a value judgment on me. The fact that they let me down wasn't because they don't, that, that I am not valuable. They might not value me, but it doesn't mean that I'm not valuable. I'm not um, worth something. And I think that's a dangerous place to be where it's like, Hey, when they let me down, I feel like now I'm, I'm worthless. I'm, I'm not, um, a good person or I'm not worthy of, of them meeting that expectation. Cause there's a lot of reasons why they might not be meeting that expectation. I think the other thing is it may be that there's a lot of reasons why they don't meet that expectation, but the, when they continually do that, there's some work that they need to do and they may not be willing to do that work. Yeah. And if they're not willing to do that work, then you have to ask for discernment from the Lord about where do I put myself? How do I keep myself in a healthy spot with this person so that I'm not constantly being let down, but I, I manage my expectations and I start to work around that in a way that is keeping me in a good place so that I don't constantly go spiraling down into the pit and just get all upset. Because at the end of the day, and I, and I said this during the message, is that we can't do anyone else's work. We can only do our own. So your work is to figure out how do I stay in a healthy spot with this relationship? His work is to figure out why do I keep letting my kid down? And if he's not willing to do that, I think there's nothing, there's not much that you can do. Yeah. You know, there really isn't because except to do what you can do, if that makes sense. You know, you can't force him to acknowledge that he's got some weaknesses. You can't force a person to um, change. You can't force a person to, um, you know, wrestle through all that stuff. Because here's the, the reality is that a lot of this stuff is messy. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff and a lot of the reasons that I do the things I do is because the way I grew up, the way that I was raised, um, 
what are, what are some of the fundamental ways that I see the world that were instilled in me when I was a child are still impacting me now. I, if I don't choose to unpack those things, those things are going to continue to come into play and cause me to do some things that might hurt other people. And unless I'm willing to look at that stuff, that's, that's not going to be addressed because, you know, my kids can't help me do that. Sarah, my wife can't help me unpack that and work through that with God. It's gotta be me because that's my backpack to carry. And that's my baggage to unpack as well. I don't know if that makes any sense, but, um, we get, we get into that idea that Ultimately, we don't look to our earthly fathers for perfection. We only have one good, good father, and that is, you know, the Lord. And um, that's a hard place to be because you really want that dad on earth to be the dad that you read about in the Bible and that you think that would be a godly dad or any other relationship for that matter. Um, you know, there is a friend that that sticks closer than a brother, you know, Um You know, I think sometimes when our family lets us down, we need to remember that the Lord is able to fill those gaps for us. But it takes a lot, a lot of trust. And when things are really hard with family or siblings or friends, you know, it's 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 a big it's a big, big ask. And I'm I'm by no means minimizing that. You you know, that that. um. That, that kind of leads to another thing that, that you said, and I really hope that what I, what I say here makes sense. So you said, the world will believe that Jesus is who he says he is when we treat each other like he said we should. And um, in the era of, you know, the world's view of Christianity, there's something that I experienced. Um, it. I don't want to delve into politics, um, but, you know, I, I've heard people say a current president isn't a godly man. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I, I could have told you that, you know, I'm, I, don't, I don't know if anyone's in, in denial of that. And, you know, I, I, I've, I've tried to explain to people in the past, like, well, what is, what is a godly human being? I'm big on definitions. Um, you know, you have to define what is godliness? Before you can start put, putting somebody up against that, you know, and, and saying whether or not they are, what, what is godliness? And the thing that I've realized is that there's actually two definitions of godliness. There is the okay. godliness that is, that is God, and there is the godliness that is human. So God as godliness is something that we're never going to comprehend even when we're with him. We can't understand God. That that's what makes him. That's one of the things that makes him God. But then there's the the definition of godliness as a human being. What is that? It's a human being that fully accepts the fact that they're human. They're going to make mistakes, and these are my mistakes, and I apologize for them. That that's that's a godly hu- human being. And and that my mistakes don't define me. Yes. Yes. That, so that too. I am I am not a mistake. Yeah, I make mistakes, and those mistakes don't mean that I am a mistake. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that, that that's the thing that, you know, I think that that's the thing that hasn't been explained to the world very well of, like, as Christians, we're not saying that we're perfect. We're saying we're not perfect. And this is what makes us godly, the fact that we accept that we're not, the fact that we accept who, who we are. And we really are trying trying to work on that, and so I, you know, I, like you like you said in your message, you know, you don't want to poison that, yeah, or you you don't you, you don't want to poison the well, so to speak. You know, Jesus is a spring of life. Where where does water in the well come from? It comes from it comes from a spring, in the ground, and you don't want to you don't want to poison that poison that well. And it seems like the world's view of Christianity has has been po- has been poisoned by this unreal expectation which is exactly what this what this message is talking about there's a lot of unrealistic expectations that Christians are supposed to be living up to at the same time there's a lot of areas in Christianity where we can be loving the world a lot, world a lot better so it's kind of it's kind of a twofold thing that I've seen on being able to impact and reach the world in, in appropriate manners, but at the same time, overcoming the uh, trying to figure out how to overcome this unreal expectation that's been put on us. 
Right. Well, I think, yeah, I think the, the whole, this whole series we're in is all about oneness and about unity and about trying to figure out how do we get there. And this message was very much on the more practical side of like, how do you do that? And I think where I ended the message was, I think where you're kind of leaning into, which is what derails us as believers is when we're, we, the gap between who God calls us to be and who he's created us to be and how we live, there's a gap. And the gap we know on our end that it's because of the fact that we're not perfect. And so we can put in that gap suspicion, which is maybe I'm not who God said I was. Maybe actually I'm a mess. Maybe I I screw up more than I do right. Maybe I actually have a dark soul. Maybe I actually don't want good things to happen to the people around me. Or you say, no, God created me to be his child. He created me as his child. He created me fearfully and wonderfully. He created me in his image. He put a divine fingerprint on me. And I am going to trust that and I'm going to walk in that more often than I don't by the grace of God. You know, I I, I think that part of that might be a by-person perspective thing because mm-hmm. th- there are those people that are in the world that are like, I do screw up more often than I do what's right. I do want bad, want bad things to happen. I, you know, I, mm-hmm. this is, I, this is who I am. But then they go to God with that and they say, God, I am a sinner. These are the things that I want. The, you know, th- this is who I am. But you love, but you still love me. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. like, that's incredible. Thank you. Well, and he, you and know? he changes and he, he's promised to change our heart. That yes. the are uh, the motives and the desires and the things that motivate us and cause us to do the things that we do, um, that he would redirect those things and he would bring unity to our life versus not. I also think the second piece of what you're talking about, which is really interesting when it comes to, to even the example you gave of your dad, is that you're kind of backwards in the fact that you look at scripture and then you expect your dad to be that a lot of people look at it the other way around where they look at their dad and they're like, Oh, my dad failed me. So now I think that God is a God who fails me. Oh, and I, I fully acknowledge the fact that I'm a very strange anomaly in this area. That no, really no, I, make sense. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, I think there's probably a lot of people that think the way you do. Mm. I think the interesting thing though, is now that there's suspicion that I can put in the gap between who I think God is supposed to be and what my experience with him is. So, hey, I, God, I really believe that you want me to have this or to be here or to be um, in this job or with this person or whatever. And then that doesn't work out. Now there's a gap. And then because of our experiences with the people around us, our own earthly father or whoever it might be, now we want to say, oh, man, you know what? The reason why I didn't get what I thought I was supposed to get is because God is not a good God. Yeah. The thing, the reason why it didn't go the go my way this is because God just, he doesn't like me. He thinks that I'm, I'm a jerk. I remember when I did that thing when I was 13 and I shot out the streetlights and I went, you know, I, I shouldn't have done that. And that, that I'm paying, God's delivering me some payback right now. And you can't find anything in scripture that's going to say that God shames you for what you've done and says that you need to, you need to like, um, atone for your own sins. I mean, he's telling you, I already paid for it. Yeah. Like I've opened up the door for you to walk through this and to live a different way, but we don't trust it because, well, maybe he's not a good God. And we've talked about that a lot. Like, is God still good even when what I experience isn't good or when bad things happen is God still good and I think that's a key conviction we have to we have to wrestle with all of our life yeah yeah definitely you know one of one of my favorite stories in, in scripture is when uh, the crowd the, the crowd of people bring the woman caught in adultery to Jesus mm-hmm. and then he mm-hmm. you know starts we don't know what he's writing but he starts writing in the sand and then he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, if you've never committed a sin, go ahead and kill her. And then nobody right. do- and then nobody does, and they all walk right. away. 
But sure. like, I, I think that my favorite part of that conversation, like you're saying, like there's there's the utmost grace. At the same time, there is conviction. Now, yeah, may, you know, square this away real quick. There's a difference between conviction and um, shame. Guilt. Yeah, and chill, and shame. Yeah, 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 guilt. Yeah, there's a difference between guilt and conviction. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit. It's freeing because it's saying you don't have to do this anymore. That's okay. And then there's guilt of, wow, I'm a worthless piece of crap. Way to go, idiot. Um, And so Jesus, you know, being the physical embodiment of Scripture, you know, he he was the physical presence of the the Holy Spirit in essence because it is the Godhead Trinity three in one. And uh, he, he turns to her and he's like, hey, you know what? You're forgiven. You are free from these things. Just... Stop cheating on your spouse. That'd be great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, you know, p- people kind of skip over that part of where it's just like, hey, why don't you, you're forgiven. I love you. Just stop doing right. that, please. Because, yeah. um, and I think, I think what he's saying is it's less about behavior management and more about identity revelation. Oh, yeah. Say, yeah. This is not who the little girl that I created is is not the one that is acting out right now. The one that's mm-hmm. acting out is the one that's damaged, that's had a lot happen to her, and she's looking for love in all the wrong places, as the song goes. But um, the reality is is that I love you, and when that love is experienced, that forgiveness is experienced, it's almost like the unbelievably, almost impossible reaction that's, that it's, it's an impossible reaction to, to um withstand or like hold back is to move in that direction because you're like whoa he didn't condemn me Mm -hmm. didn't condone it but it makes me want to move in his direction and begin to live this life that he's describing that he created me to live whoa it's that's that's way more motivating than stop stop cheating on your husband yeah um yeah you know because That'll only you can try, but that only lasts a little while, and then after a while, then you're gonna be back at it. So, yeah. all, all, all this makes me think of like w- one of the other gaps. Uh, I know that you're a very productive person. We don't just like give a message and throw it out there, and you know, good luck. Like, you know, I, I'm practical. I know you're practical, and so talking talking about the gaps of okay, well, w- what do we do then? And one of, and it reminds me of one of the other gaps is is a misconception created by the world of you don't have to have any self-control but you should definitely control the people around you and that's definitely <laughs> a, a very um a lot of that is brought on by um uh personality disorders mm-hmm. um sociopath person personality disorder um mm. narcissist personality disorder you're there to control the people around you but you get to do whatever you want to do but in reality which going back to the to the story of of the uh the woman brought to Jesus. The reality is you're supposed to have self-control and let the world do its thing. So this whole entire crowd of people were like, no, we're going to control her because of what she, she's doing. And then Jesus flips it and he's like, okay, which one of you, which one of you has, has total self-control? Which one of you is being, is truly being godly, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And then they finally leave, and G- and Jesus is like, "Hey, hey, you know, they're not here. You know, they, they they shouldn't be able to control you. I'm not even here to control you. But what I'm here to say is, I will be the power that you need to have self control, because mm-hmm. self control is a huge aspect of godliness. And so there there's one of those gaps." As Christians, we need to have that self control, which, like, like you said, we don't have the power the power to do these things because because of our flesh. But in Christ, we do have the power to have self control and display to the world. I'm not here to control you. I'm not here to change you. Um, I, I've I've actually like really seen the power of that. Um, your, your shameless plug for uh, Pastor uh, Justin Kane, who uh, started a, another church called um, New Day Church. That's his whole mo. Like people will show up and the, and they'll say like, you know, I'm I'm an alcoholic or I'm I'm in a same sex relationship, and he's like, I'm glad you're here. I'm not I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm not here to control you. I'm I'm here to love you, and be on display. 
of what the power of Christ can do can do in a person's life. Yeah, I think I think that's awesome. And I think when we experience things like uh, these Pharisees that would have brought her to Jesus, the the way that when we experience bad things in our life, you know, when we experience traumatic things in our life, the way that we try to manage those things and to basically hopefully not let them happen again is through control and knowledge. Yeah. Knowledge through control even, or control through knowledge. So, you know, I think the, the whole point is when we aren't doing our own work, when we're not dealing with why we do the things that we do and what's happened to us to cause those things, what triggers us, what triggers us when this happens, when that happens, when this experience or this expectation is unmet, why do we, we react the way that we do? A lot of times, um, what we, what we're not doing is we're not entering into those things or we're not dealing with those. So what do we try to do is we're just, we put on an offensive and we go, we're going to control it. We're going to control our lives. We're going to control these people. And then we're going to make sure that these people stay a certain distance from me so that they don't hurt me anymore. And I'm going to make sure that this woman gets brought and gets justice from Jesus because she's been doing wrong. And I know that. And then all of a sudden Jesus says, well, hey, if you've like, if you're perfect, then go ahead and, you know, throw the first stone. It's yeah. like, oh, man, you called me out on all my stuff, dude. <laughs> You called me out on that, and now I've got to figure out how do I control you because now I got to control you because you're not okay. Yeah. And that's unfortunately, instead of saying, "Man, why? What? Am, what's wrong with me? Why did it? Why do I feel like I couldn't throw a rock?" Instead, I go to, "How do I control God? How do I control Jesus?" Yeah. Anyway, um, kind of crazy stuff, but it's all good, man. It's a long one for this first back, dude. Yeah. It's good, though. Dude, I mean, if we're if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this the right way and bring it. Yeah, man, yeah. I love it. Yeah, Ho- hopefully, um, hopefully we're we're gonna get a uh, a little brawl between uh, Dave Short and Matt Boomsma if we can get them on the we podcast. We don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, dis- discussing uh, the concept of uh, was it pre- predestination versus uh, versus free will, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of our value in that, which Joe and I were briefly discussing in there. Ho- hopefully, I'll be able to be chiming in on that uh, because I I struggle with my self value. And uh, hopefully uh, that'll be a really good conversation with them and uh, people will hear the very honest thoughts of AP and how I really do struggle with my value and genuinely believing that I'm a worthless piece of crap. Not exactly something good to believe, but, uh, you know, just being honest and trying to navigate myself through all of that. I'm, I'm sure that um, yeah, I, I, I think have a that... feeling that a lot of people are, are, are going to hear that and uh, be very reflective in their own lives of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that that's a great that's a lot of work that we can do, you know, on this podcast because there's just so many things that, um, it's just hard to do in a 30 minute message on a Sunday. And Mm -hmm. there's people that are definitely working on some of the stuff we're talking about. There's no doubt. I mean, I'd say even, I don't know. I'd like to think that the majority of people that are out, um, listening to stuff like the podcast that we're and the messages that we're putting out there are really doing the work to get after it because, um, you know, we've been praying with people at, at, at the uh, end of the services at, um, during the worship time and um, a lot of tears, a lot of yeah. tears because there's a lot of lies that we've believed and um, until we're able to name them and um, denounce them, it, you know, they really do have a hold on us. And I think that our value, our worth, our identity, all that is wrapped up in, I mean, one of the biggest lies that the devil wants us to believe, which is the fact that we don't deserve God's love. And, you know, I think that that's huge. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to uh, keep going in this thing, man. But me too. Maybe we uh, maybe we call it for this one, huh? Yeah, yeah, we we can definitely do that. Um, you know, just want to get our listeners excited. There's there's a lot of stuff that that they they that they can definitely look forward to. Um, like I said, if you want to be on here, please let us know. If you want to give your testimony, please let us know. Um, I do know that. I have a couple of people that want to give their testimony. Uh, I know you said that there's some people that want to come on and just discuss the weekly message because of the fact that there's a lot of things going on in people's hearts. And um, some things that I want to encourage people to do is, um, it, you know, if you do struggle in the ways that I was talking about or even struggling with, with other areas, start talking about it. You know, 
it's very uncomfortable. People aren't going to enjoy it, but you know, you got to get past that and say, I don't really care if you don't enjoy it. Like <laughs> this is where I'm at, you know, there, and well, there, there's a lot of honesty that needs to be done. And on top yeah. of that journal, just mm-hmm. journal all of your thoughts so that, so that you're, when you're doing that, you're getting ready to discuss them and it. And it's just really happy. It's really healthy to share your heart. And, um, and I believe that, out there. Yeah. I believe that if, if you're there and you're struggling and you're, you're wanting to talk to folks that there will be God pray about it and God will open up doors for you to speak to some people who you can trust. So, um, you know, I think steamrolling people isn't what you mean. I think what, what you mean is that you're going to, you're going to be able to share. And when you're able to share some of your struggles and you're loved more because of that, that's what's like, well, yeah, exactly. Not steamrolled, have an actual dialogue. Yeah, people people and, are conversing. It's not just you throw, throwing everything out there. And being able to, yeah, being able to actually say, "Here's where I struggle," and somebody saying, "Wow, you know what? I've struggled with that too, and it's okay. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and let's let's work on why that is, and let's work on how do we get out of that spiral." So yeah. there's, yeah, a, no, there's cool. a lot of healing and sharing, and and sharing with with sharing. It means that. there's two people sharing it, not just you throwing it all out there. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, dude, are we doing this? Are we, what are we going in on? Uh, That's a good question. Is what we're going in on now, now in going in on Skype, do we just like put our hands on the screen and like make it really awkward like that? Yeah, exactly. Just like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something. So this is what we do every, uh, every, service before service uh, on the weekends we always have a meeting and we put our hands in and we go in on something that was said during the uh during the meeting that we have and so we do the same thing on the podcast yeah. um gotta whisper it though we, we we don't we don't shout it this isn't a go team thing i feel like we, we should go in on we should maybe go in on sacagawea that's a fun word to say that's a really good idea it is it is uh you have any I'll options on, on your end i'll gladly go in on sacagawea that sounds exciting right. to me yeah, that sounds really good. Awesome. Yeah. Well, here we go. So wherever you are right now, what you're going to do is put your hand in the middle. Um, I mean, if you're out there, um, you know, paddling a canoe, you definitely need to put your hand in the middle because, mm-hmm. I mean, now's the time of year. If you're if you're going to canoe, now's the time to be doing it. Yeah. If you're uh, uh, drowning in the ocean while holding a child, um, yes. man up. Yes. Put, your hand, put your hand in. Put your hand in the middle. Absolutely. If you're at gymnastics and you're in the middle of doing like what that pommel horse thing where you've got to like kind of like rotate around See, a bunch. I, I and, thought like, that that was a restaurant and the owner's name is Jim and it's called Gymnastics. Like I think the, it's maybe, like the worst sports bar ever. It could be. I like that. I like <laughs> that. But if you're on the pommel horse right now, put your hand in the middle and just do it one handed because Ooh, you're that true, good. True talent. Define yeah. the laws of physics. And then once you're in. Then we're going to count to three, and then we're going to whisper Sacagawea. That's right. Are you ready for this? I hope so. All right. Here we go. One, two, two three. Three. Sacagawea. Sacagawea.